Hey guys, Travis Fulton here. Cash out with the coaches. It's a new golf course, Palmetto Championship. It's Congaree Golf Club. And you know what? It doesn't matter. The Tommy Fleetwood love affair continues. We've got our picks head to head, top 20, and a winner from Europe. Lefty, 22 years of age. He's won three times over here. I think he's going to win this one. You want to know who it is? Let's go. just one week away from the third major 2021 and that means we are here just for you welcome into another episode of cash out with the coaches i'm the coach jonathan coach and he is one of the great coaches in all of america travis fulton and we got a lot to get into this week trav before we look forward as always we have to look back and it was one of the most unique weeks in the history of the pga tour we have to give props to Patrick Cantlay getting the job done despite it all in a playoff over Colin Morikawa. What did you make of uh, Patrick Cantlay winning for the second time in three years? Do we, do we have to give props to your boy, Patrick Cantlay, who it's in the books. It's official. There's no asterisk next to it. It's real. 500 it, up points. I was all for it when Morikawa, of course, who I picked last week to win was right there with him and if Morikawa wins, then I'm okay with it. But the fact that Colin didn't and Cantley did, I'm not okay with it now. <laughs> I was, I'm, I'm not okay. I actually bet real money on Sunday because I told myself, if I'm going to listen to Travis chirp, chirp, chirp in my ear for an hour on Tuesday, well, I'm at least going to make some money out of it. So not only did I not win that, but you didn't win it for the show. I but know. if you won it for the show, I don't know if we could have, completely bragged about it because the way it happened, the circumstances that it happened is the fact that John Rahm had a six shot lead after Saturday. And then shockingly, and they, and I want, I have two questions here. They shockingly told him at Greenside, which I thought was bad. And then he had to withdraw, which wouldn't have been a big deal if he wouldn't have been the tournament leader by six shots. <laughs> Because then this is a golf betting show, Trav. Because yep. sports books all over the world had to decide: do we pay these bets or don't we? First, my question is the fact that they told him greenside and the fact that he had to withdraw from the tournament. You know, I've been thinking about it. At first, I didn't, I didn't like it at all um, to tell him right when he walked off the green. I was sitting um, having a drink with my wife, and I was looking up. I was like, "Man, something ain't right here." I was like, did, "You know, did did Rom?" Uh, call Bryson Brooksy or something. He's getting DQ'd right now, or he's getting kicked out or what is going on. And, you know, I mean, just what a bizarre situation the whole thing was. I guess you had to tell him there. So, you know, the optics after the fact were not him walking up and high-fiving people. That's I don't right. know. It's just That's the whole thing. Good. You know, the whole thing is so bizarre. Um, never seen anything like it. Obviously feel terrible. For John Rom, because we've been talking here on the show, Coach, we've been talking like, look, this is a guy that's been stuck in neutral yeah. like, all year. Can't get it going. Had the good final round Sunday um, at the Masters, 
But outside of that, just been kind of, you know, just treading water. Now, for him, he can tread water and finish in the top 25. But he finally got it going. You could see everything started to click. Six birdies on the back nine. And then he walks off 18. They're like, hey, John, I got to tell you something. I mean, what? It's just an incredibly bad break. And Nick Faldo said it. Uh, he's like, this is the best golf that John Rahm has ever played. Not only did he have a great third round, but earlier he finished the second round with a hole in one yeah. to add to his lead. But uh, I'll give him a lot of credit. And we're going to bring it up right now. He did have, I did tweet this out or Instagram uh, the next day. And I thought this was very, very classy. And I also thought that what he said here, the statement, and I'll paraphrase, basically, it happens. I'm severely disappointed, but I'm going to watch today just like everybody else. And I thought because of this statement that after one or two holes, we didn't think about the fact that he wasn't in the lead of the golf tournament anymore. And I thought this statement did a lot for that. Yeah. I mean, you know, John's a class guy, you know, I mean, he, I think John's a deep thinker. Um, you know, he had to been in shock and then afterwards and thinking about it, he's, he's handled it uh, the right way. I'm sure I hope up there uh, at Muirfield, they're creating that situation for where he can practice and stay sharp now that he's finally you know, playing well, and then can go over to Torrey Pines where he's played well and won the farmers and um, can keep it going because, you know, outside of Phil winning the U S open, I, I think the second biggest storyline would be John Rahm yep. winning the U S open and keeping the great play going. So what a bizarre situation uh, here. You got Cantley and Morikawa two, you know, big names, world-class players, going head-to-head, and Cantlay getting the win, his fourth win on the PGA Tour. And, and, and Cantlay was struggling, you know, had four missed cuts, showed a little form the week before, comes out, plays very well. Clearly, Patrick Cantlay loves Muirfield Village um, as uh, he, he looked himself there. He's clutch too, Coach. You got to give it to him. He's, he's the kind of guy that y- you want to put in the fire late. He, he looks comfortable in that situation. And I, and, and his putter, I think finally woke up for him, but he's got a lot of win equity when he gets close late on a Sunday, this is not going to be his last win. Yeah. And, and he's been very open about the fact that uh, Jack has been uh, very open to spend time with this specifically on how to play Muirfield village uh, better, but I'll yeah. give both guys a lot of credit. Colin Morikawa was fighting a swing like nobody uh, else. And both guys, when you're coming home on a Sunday, what made it so exciting for me is the fact that neither guy, bogey to hole on the back nine they may not have been hitting it great but they managed to get it in the hole and stay in the tournament and stay at the top while Scheffler was missing putts and other guys uh, were making bogeys and double bogeys they didn't do that and I thought that was golf at its highest level when it's not at its highest level if that makes sense if that makes sense but now let's talk about from a a money and, and points perspective because I know we're not John Rahm's not hurting for money I get that but it cost him over a million dollars. Yep. It cost him 500 FedEx Cup points, which could end up costing him $15 million come early this fall. That's a lot of numbers that fell off the board because of this. And if he looks back, it may not be at losing a PGA Tour victory. It may be bigger than that, that he could lose a FedEx Cup because of this. It's possible. It's possible. It is. It is possible. Those are, those are all valid points. I mean, it's a bad break all the way around. You're, you're right. I mean, <laughs> I mean, a million kind of stings, no matter, I guess, how many, how many millions you have, but um, it's just the fact that he, he just started playing well, you know, he, you could see the light finally going. You, I guarantee in his head, he was like, finally, I've got my game. 
I'm used to the new equipment. Here we go. We're rolling off birdies. We're bringing Muirfield Village to his knees. There's only a couple guys probably that can do that the way that he was orchestrating that back nine. Uh, it looked like he was going to shoot 29 for crying out loud, you know, on the back nine. So, and then to walk off feeling so good about your game, the best you felt all year long and to get that news was surprising. The second biggest shock to me though, coach, was yeah. the way Colin Morikawa played on Sunday. His ball striking was as bad as I've ever seen it. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. he could not get it together. And, and Cantley, not only was he dealt a one ace from Rom situation, he was dealt pocket aces in the way Morikawa hit the ball on Sunday. You just don't see that with Colin. I was like, this dude's going to win a tournament with his putter on Sunday. He putted beautifully. Short game was great. He's got to feel good about that. But my God, the, the playoff hole, he's right in the middle. There's a little mud on it. He hits it. It's diving. And, and the announcers are like, wow, that was a mud ball. I was like, no, it wasn't. He hit it right on top of the head. Yeah, like I he damn near bladed it. Yeah, I saw you say that on Twitter. <laughs> like, it had nothing to do with that shot. So don't say that, that, that it's dead. Uh, he, he certainly was in position. Because yeah. even on 18, Cantley had already gone right first before he hit it. So he had the fairway out there. He had Cantley in trouble. And then Cantley ends up hitting a, a superb shot. But I also feel bad for his caddy because the caddies aren't millionaires. And when you have a chance yeah. to win a golf tournament, you get normally it's, it's 4 to 5% when you're not in first. But a first place finish, that's 10%. That's over $100,000 to the caddy. Yeah. And then on top of that, to wrap this up, because this is a golf betting show, there were probably, I would say, 80% of the sports books paid out ROM winning tickets. They paid out ROM head-to-head -head tickets. I will tell you that one of the uh, sports books that I use, Trav, I had Victor Hovland over John ROM. Over John ROM. He would have beat him by 16 shots, and they cashed my ticket. They paid my ticket. Wow. So... There were some people that were very, very happy, like myself. Mm -hmm. uh, but we did have a ROM over speed ticket for one of our shows. But yeah. that just shows in the COVID era, anything is possible. <laughs> we scream money management all the time. This is an extreme case, but this is exactly what we're talking about, Trap. Hey, let's, let's transition to some gambling here, because there was another situation with Brooks and Bryson DeChambeau. I don't know if you heard, but, you know, oh, they were... Some people were calling Bryson Brooksy and, you know, now, and then of course, Brooks comes afterwards, 50 bucks to the people that got kicked out. And, you know, this whole thing's just taken off. And what are the odds and what are the names that we would put for this week on who Brooks is going to have a problem with this week? Is it, do we say it's plus 125, Brooks is going to go after Terrell Hatton. It's There's nobody on his level. There's nobody on his level to get upset about or to get upset with. I think he's going to get upset potentially if he doesn't play well, but there is nobody that he wouldn't look like an absolute bully if he went after this week, but it's always possible. I just think as much as I loved this last week, I'm starting not to like it now. And it's because of how Brooks is responding to it. Yep. Probably for a second when Bryson says, Hey, I don't have an issue with guys yelling Brooksy. I mean, I had nothing to do with that of having guys getting thrown out. Cause I believe there's four or five, that got thrown out for doing that. Yeah. I don't believe it for a second because if Bryson didn't say anything to anybody, then why would they feel the need to kick anybody out? Because right. if he wasn't complaining, his agent wasn't complaining, then why are they kicking anybody out? I don't believe it for a second. I think he's trying to look good to the media 
But I, I absolutely think it bothered him. And oh, I think sure. now getting in his head. But now Brooks with the whole he's going to give 50. But th- this is now getting to a point that it's not fun for me anymore. Because no, now it's not, he, fun. It's not fun anymore. It's no, not it's fun. not. I mean, it, it, you can't then go afterwards and start to, I don't want to say incentivize, but reward people Correct. for being kicked out. We're going to send you a case of beer. Come on. I mean, that's just, that's Correct. a little immature. It's time to, like, you can have some needling and back and forth, but now you're going to reward people and a sponsor gets involved. I think it's a bad look. That, that to me, was not the right thing to do. And what's going to happen at the, at the U.S. Open? You know what's going to happen at the U.S. Open. Yeah. Whether they play together or not, people are going to start yelling them. And yeah. it could be at a very, very important time of the tournament. It's just a bad look. Stop doing it. And the needling between the two, that's fine. That, that was actually fun. Yeah. It's like telling a joke five times. It's not funny the fifth time. So let's move on and either hash it out or stop with the pettiness. That's what I say. I think so it's affecting Bryson. I really do. I think it's a, his driver hasn't really, you know, slowed down any. He's still been dominant there. But, you know, 55th at the Byron, 38th at the PGA, 18th at Memorial. I mean, his game hasn't been that clean. Uh, his approach game, you know, I, I've been – Kind of barking at hasn't been good. The short game, the touch hasn't been there. The putter's been chill. You know, so I, I think it is affecting him. He's going to tell you it's not. Um, but yeah, you know, Brooks has crossed the line. It, it's 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 getting now, it's getting ugly. And, and I think when they are paired together, U.S. Open, wherever, it's going to get worse, unfortunately, I think, before it gets better. I, I think there was way more to this than what we even thought before all this happened. I think they really legit despise each other. Yeah, I really for sure. All right, let's leave it right there. Let's spin it forward now to this week. Now, this is a one-off because of the issues with COVID up in Canada, and this is supposed to be the week for the RBC Canadian Open, but instead, uh, it's going to be the Palmetto Championship at Congaree for the first time uh, on the PGA Tour. Now, this is the third event this season in the state of North Carolina. It's a par 71, over 7,600 yards, and Trav, there are some man-sized par fours, three on the front nine, over 500 yards, two on the back nine between 465 and 500, and Trav, all the par fives are north of 580. Yeah. Well, it's it's a big course on paper, 76 and a half, um, par 71, it's a Fazio design, but it, it, I think it's going to be very fast and firm. I think this is going to be the fastest and the firmest golf course that you'll see on the PGA Tour this year. Of course, in America, we play the ball up in the air. Um, you know, the ball is going to come down and it's going to not going to roll out very much, right? You don't have to manage the ball on the ground as much. I think you're going to see more of that this week. I think you're going to see more of that next week at Torrey as well. That's the way the USJ likes to get it. So depending upon how much water, I do think there's a little bit of rain perhaps, uh, in the forecast, but it's going to be fast. It's going to be firm. I think there's some dog legs that they've got some options to shorten the hole a little bit. Of course, risk reward. There's no rough though. So I'd be surprised if it really does play that long. It does kind of feel a bit Euro style. We'll see how much wind we get. Uh, I think we're going to get a little less wind here than perhaps they did at Kiwa. But we are in South Carolina again. This is the third time um, we've had a tournament there. The Corn Ferry Tour is right down the road for crying out loud. Why don't we just move professional golf to South Carolina, you know, and just play there uh, the rest of the year. Uh, But it's, it's, let's face it, it's not a great field, right? We've got DJ We've got Brooks, but we've got some interesting young names playing as a professional for the first time. John Puck, 
uh, was number one uh, as far as collegiate golf. Uh, Davis Thompson, another Georgia product, was the number one amateur at one point. And there's another guy that you're going to hear me talking about later. His name is Gary Higo. He's coming over from Europe. You like that Euro-style golf? This kid can play. He's from South Africa. Uh, he is, I think, 53rd in the world. This is his first tournament on the PGA Tour. Really excited to watch him. So there's some interesting names. Vincent Whaley, guys that you maybe wouldn't normally think about maybe if a lot of these big names were there. So perhaps we get a, a unique winner like that, a young gun that comes out for the first time as a pro and wins. Why not? It's certainly a week that a player off the beat path has to take advantage of. Yeah. And that's, there's a lot of pressure on their shoulders because they don't all dictate their schedule. And this is a course that a lot of people are getting into. To your point, uh, there are two or three other top collegiate players that are making their debuts this week as well. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, yeah. how, how they do in a, a format with DJ and Brooks there, but not with a ton of big players. I think it's a perfect sweet spot uh, for that. But understand, as we look at who we're going to bet on this week, I think you did a great job of kind of outlining and saying what kind of a player could play well here. I would be very, very careful because I feel kind of the same way I did at concessions that not knowing what to expect, it's very, very hard to give out matchups and top 20s. Yeah. I'd be very careful on your bet size this week and watching how things play out and put more emphasis on round-by-round round betting than I would on the entire tournament draft. Yeah, we're um, yeah, it, it, that's a tough one to predict, right? I don't think we can really pin that down, the type of player here. I think the more research I do and the more I'm talking with people, um, there's no rough, you know, how... How much can you cut off some of these dog legs and whatnot? Is it like a Arnold Palmer type of tournament where you can see some of the bigger hitters go up top and cut off 30 or 40 yards, uh, but have to fit it into the fairway that, you know, maybe a little bit of that, but there's no rough. So, you know, perhaps a, obviously a lean to length there always is. We know the approach game has value everywhere. It really does feel like though, coach, that there's some very difficult short game shots here though, too. Uh, it does feel like, short game, which we can devalue in a lot of tournaments here. I feel like you're probably, you're going to need that uh, for sure. And uh, we're going to have some fast greens, you know, fast Bermuda green. So we'll see how those splits. I always like looking at who does well in Bermuda, who doesn't. Um, so those are some things you're looking at, but it just feels like we've got a lot to learn. Don't we? And the kind of player here at this course, no doubt about it. Make sure you follow Travis on social media. He's always very active during the tournaments. Our partners of Sports Pub Media, very active during tournaments. So you can also learn something as, as a tournament's going along if something happens. So very important to follow both of them and those accounts. All right, let's get into our picks for the week. And here is how we do it. We take a fictional $100. We take two head-to-head matchups, a top 20 play, a tournament winner, and something that could be any play on the board. It is a wild card play. And I will preface this again. A lot of this is based off of our expertise because there is no numbers to base it off of. This is a one-off. There's never been a PGA tournament here before. So take that with a grain of salt. With that said, Travis Fulton, give me your first head-to-head. Well, let me draw a name out of the hat and see who we have. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brooks, here comes the alpha. DJ minus 125 over your boy Kepka. Um, you know, we talked about it. We're not going to skin it anymore uh, with Kepka, but it's it's time for DJ to show up in 2021 and start playing some golf. This has not been a good calendar year for him, and we're a long ways removed from him when he was dominating 
at the end of last year. I've been looking at his stuff, talking to some people, my sources, and <laughs> I think we're ready now to start seeing DJ start to turn the corner. Now, I know Brooks second at the PGA, uh, hit the ball very well. I know what we're capable of, Brooks, but Dustin, uh, it's time to it's time to start it up here a little bit. And I think Vegas is agreeing with that. Um, you know, I always worry with DJ, I worry when the putter goes chilly and then he starts to search, right? And we saw a stretch of that. There was probably three or four tournaments there. He lost 10 strokes game putting at WGC Mexico. I mean, you have to try to lose 10 strokes putting. <laughs> I mean, that is a, that number is off the chart. Now, the last few weeks, you're starting to see that the putter start to trend here and come back around. The driving's been fine. You know, I think he's worked out the driver. Now it's just, let's just get the approach game dialed back in. I worry not as much about that with Dustin because I think that can flip. He's had a couple of weeks to work some things out. I feel like DJ's back. U.S. Open's next week. We know how he plays there. Let's go, DJ. Take it to your boy, please, for me, minus 125 over Kepka. People ask me all the time, Coach, do you guys compare your picks before you actually do the show, or does it just come out like that? And I say 100% we do not compare picks before the show. My first head-to-head looks a little something like this. I'm taking Cody, it's Brooks Kepka over DJ. <laughs> Brooks Kepka over DJ. You just ruined my entire reveal. The entire reveal. This is a point where I'm going to stop. We're, we're still rolling because this is going to yeah. be in the show. And I cut a promo on our producer, Cody Merrow, who never makes a mistake. Hey. Big reveal. We talk about it before the show. And I say, right when I throw my finger in the air, you throw it up. That's we how- had to time it perfectly. There it is. No, oh, there we go. Take two. Take two. My man, Brooks Kepka. He's a two-time. Two-time U.S. Open champion. <clears throat> he has this game revved up. For the major championship. This has, no, this has no sizzle behind it now. This has nothing. Nothing. I'm going to continue on, though, because that's what pros do. So, Brooks, you just talked about it. Two weeks ago, second place finished the PGA. I know he didn't play well on Sunday, but I'm betting on Brooks to play well, and I'm betting on DJ to continue his current trend. This screams trap. A one-on-one, real money. Our normal bet size is 100 bucks. Okay. Between me and you. I'm Straight challenging. Up. I'll take Brooks. You take DJ. Straight up. Yes. Done. Done. Yeah, that's for you, Cody. That See, sounds even, it you. doesn't matter what book book you go to. Kepka getting no respect over DJ because they know they Zero. know the ceiling. It's coming. It's coming. DJ's coming. Uh, Watch out. All right, our second head-to-head matchup. Fab, what do you got? I don't know. I've lost my train. Oh, here it is. Okay, Alex Norin. <laughs> How do we get here already? Minus one fourteen. Off the track, maybe off the track. Over Ian Poulter, DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, I went back and forth. I'll be honest on these two. There wasn't a lot that I liked here. I, I you know, I spent a lot of time. I was like, all right, you know, I, I think DJ's coming. I feel good with that. But this one, you know, Poulter's played pretty good this year. Third at the Schwab. 30th at the PGA, he's putted the lights out. I mean, his putter has been off the chart. But you look at Noren quietly, you know, he's put together a nice season as well. He was 13th 
at Memorial last week. Uh, he's had, uh, let's see, three other top 25s in the last five weeks. He's played well. Um, and, and I think when you look at Norin, what I see with the trends this year is it's every part of his game is moving in the right direction. And you don't see that very often. Sometimes you'll see like this game, this is going this way. This is leveled out. That I mean, I'm talking all strokes gain categories going in the right direction. That's the kind of research I do coach. I don't look just. Yeah. Yeah. You dig deep, <laughs> you dig deep. into your model. I, dig deep into my model. I like to look, you know, over a. Yeah, we know you do. Alex Norin. Let's compare. Let's compare the all the clubs in their back here. Who who give who do we give the edge to? Let's start with the putter. Pretty close, right? I I would say it's a split. Poulter, Norin. Poulter's putting well. Norin's putting well, but I think it's a split. Around the green, I think it's a split. I think they're both about the same as far as strokes gained, short gained. Approach, I would give the slight edge to Norin. Slight edge to Norin. Driving, no question. Alex Norin's a better driver. So I think Nor I think Poulter is playing some pretty good golf. I think Norin's playing better. I think he is the better player. So give me Norin over Poulter, minus 114. Your European flavor, you knew we were going to go there. There it is. I can't hate it. I can't hate it because I think that's going to be where the field kind of trends towards is the European player. I just thought the longer you talked that you were going to flip to Ian Poulter because you're trying to convince <laughs> yourself that this was the play that you wanted to make. <laughs> I know it is Would so you, hard. It's let me so guess. Hard. You picked Poulter over Norn. No, I did not. Okay. I did. But I, I do have a theme. I do have a theme. Uh, my second head to head. I hope this is great. Yes. Tommy Fleetwood over Harris English. That's why I couldn't have Brooks over Tommy. That would have been dumb. Uh, so Fleetwood, I'm only laying 20 cents. Harris English, I think still getting a lot of respect because of what he did back in January. But let's be honest. He hasn't had really any good finish. He's had a couple that are in that top 25 to 30 range but he has not been at all the Harris English of Hawaii. And so give me Fleetwood just because I feel like I've got to pick somebody from the European tour or who plays a lot on the European tour and has an advantage this week. I think Tommy Fleetwood's as good as anybody, but again, a lot of this is just pitballing, but I like his game on a track like this. People love Fleetwood, man. I, I'll tell you in the gambling community, they love them some Fleetwood. I have nothing against him. I think Tommy's is an awesome dude. He's, he's, He's an incredible interview. He's fun to listen to. And there's like this perception, like he's a great ball striker. He's got a nice swing, but his stats are really not that good. His short game has been good, but his ball striking has been. That, that's why you can't play him in a prop. You can't put him in a top 20 because that's directly affects how he hits. I just don't think some of, some of my head to heads, and I know you're the same way. And to educate the people at home, it's not so much about how the guy we're playing is going to finish. Sometimes it's about the guy he's playing. Yeah and how they're going to finish. So I don't think Fleetwood's going to challenge. I think they both missed a cut. Yeah, but I think he misses the cut less. And again, <laughs> we were talking at the top of the show, there weren't that many good head-to-head matches this week. There wasn't. There was nothing to choose no. from. I used four different books and just could not find anything I liked. And I won't just give out a play just to give out a play. And But these are the only two I found that I remotely liked. So yeah. All right. All right, let's move on to our top 20 play for the week. Trav, who do you got? Well, top 20. I'm going to go with uh, Pat Kazire, Auburn Tiger, plus 188. I was happy with that, $15 uh, on him. Like Norin, I think Kazire has put together some good tournaments uh, as well. And, uh, you know, I kind of put together my basic model and, and stats curriculum 
however you want to look at it. And um, just, <laughs> and, you know, Kazire last 24 rounds, um, you know, he matches, he matches out pretty good. Um, where'd he go? Where'd my guy go? Here, stand by here. Hold on a second. Patton. That's who I picked, right? Yep, there he is. So you look at guy, right? He's Patton, when you really look at him, he gives himself, has been giving himself a lot of opportunities. In fact, in this field, last 24 rounds, uh, he's given himself the most legitimate opportunities at birdie. And I would make the argument, he's the best putter in this field. His Bermuda splits are terrific. His approach game has been terrific. He gets a little clunky off the tee, which I'm going to, I find myself pushing that down a little bit this week. Um, And his short game can be a little sporadic, but he does have two top three finishes, two of the last three weeks. He's kind of a streaky player. So I think we're kind of getting him in a good spot right now. Uh, Grew up in the South. We're in, South Carolina again, you know, kind of feels like he's been there, done that, even though it's a new course. Uh, I'll roll the cat. I'll, I'll roll the patent Kazire train right now for another top 20, which would be his third in the last four weeks. Are you sure? No, I'm, I'm completely you're, positive. You're, I just, uh, you're positive. I have a new computer and it did something weird. So I got it back up again. Yeah. Any weirder than a patent Kazire top 20 play this week? Boom. No, actually, I actually don't mind this. I, I take a lot of uh, solace. I'm, I'm trying to make these picks as entertaining as possible. You have, you have nobody. Um, Pat Desire had the shot of the tournament at the Colonial, where he, on 17, where on Saturday, he went under a tree off the, it was like a, a miniature golf type of shot. Uh, he played really well. And that course, I think we can take that to this week if what we get from you is true, where it's going to be hard. It's going to be running out. So you got to place the ball a lot. Desire did a great job of that at Colonial a couple of weeks ago. So I think uh, he it, it, that's a good fit for this course uh, as well. Hey, look, uh, I, I, I tend to default to approach and putting. That's kind of where I'll go. Like, okay, give me approach, give me putting. And that and Kazire fits that mold. He's playing pretty good golf, so why not? And you get, and you get almost plus 200, which there's very few guys that you get that on. So yeah. uh, I like the number too. Uh, my top 20, uh, kind of the same type of thing. He's kind of been showing up. The last couple of months. Oh, there stopped. you go. Big name. That's it. Now go bigger name. Yep. Every every week he has one bad round. And that's costing him a shot at winning. But he's had several rounds in the mid-60s. He's hitting the ball great. And I'm getting plus 250. So I like that a lot just for a top 20 when there aren't a ton of big names. I think there's legitimately, Trav, I'm not exaggerating, 100 players this week that could finish in the top 20. 100. Yeah. 100. Yeah. So I, I, a lot of this is going to be rolling the dice, so be very careful on how much you're betting on all of these props. Be hey, careful. Scott Stallings, a Pat and Kazire, they are kind of the the second tier this week, right? Under your Hattons and Fitzpatrick's who've moved up to the top tier with DJ and Brooks, which of course are always up there. So guys that you're looking at, you're like, damn, really? You're like, yeah, well, yeah. And this this week, yeah, that's right. That's what that's where they are. And you really have to, if you go down to, to, to matchups that are below that aren't normally guys you would bet on, be very careful. Look up the numbers. Don't just blindly bet. All right. Now, we could have a really good value on a winner this week if the two big dogs don't get it done. Give me a guy that you're looking at. And you're like, hey, I looked at this number, and I looked at his talent, and I matched it up. 
And what'd you come up with this week, Trav? Well, you know, I'll, I'll get up in the morning and, and I'll watch the European tour, have a cup of coffee. And there's this Garrett Higo kid from South Africa, 22 years age, lefty. Where's these glasses? Like, it looks like, like a mosquito. And <laughs> he's long. Iron game's good. He can putt. And he just looks like he's, he, he's just in his own world, right? He's won three times on the European tour. Three. Wow. Okay. He's never played a PGA Tour event. I introduced you to him at the U.S. Open, oh. made the cut, finished uh, see, finished 64th. And he really didn't hit the ball that well like he usually does. I'm sure he was nervous, but he made the cut. So here he comes over here. He's playing the U.S. Open, first time on the PGA Tour. The kid is really, really good. I talked to Eddie Pepperell on the Stripe Show podcast, and I asked him, Eddie, how good is Gary? And he says, I've played with him a few times. He's really Really good. He's special. He's wow. an excellent player. He's won three times. He's 22 years old on the European tour. Now, I know that's not the PGA tour. I get it. But you watch him. There's that. He's got that special quality to him. And he's got that modern game where he can really bust it. His iron game sharp. And he looks like a really good putter, coach. Like, he looks like a really top-notch putter. So, why not? Right? Why not? This is the week to do it. It's this a European feel. The weak field, Gary Kegel comes over, just Boy. played in the PGA, a little bit of confidence, got the U.S. Open next week. Go free will it, buddy. Get yourself another oh, W. A little sprinkle for Gary Kegel. I'm definitely going to put a little bit okay. on him. Um, I'm going to go with uh, a guy that's been hitting the ball well, nearly won a few weeks ago. I'm going to go with Keith Mitchell. And his number is kind of in the sweet spot this week, plus 4,000. So at least uh, you'll feel it if you win. Uh, but it's not so low that there's no value there. So uh, plus 4,000. Keith Mitchell is a really, really good uh, iron player, uh, and he's getting closer and closer. And I believe now the more that he is in contention and gets to Sunday and figures out the pressure and how that feels to hit those shots, we're going to see him perform on Sundays a little bit better and a little bit better. This is a perfect week for him not to be intimidated come Sunday. I'll take Keith Mitchell plus 4,000. Played good at the Schwab. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell, I wouldn't be surprised if he's played here before either, you know, because I, I know Lucas Glover has done some stuff with this group, Congaree, and okay. then there's one other, uh, Kevin Kisner, Georgia kid. Mitchell's a Georgia guy. I wouldn't be surprised if Mitchell's been there. Yeah, I like that play. I, I think I, I, he, he'll definitely be on my card uh, as well. I think Mitchell, this could be a good spot for him. I, th I think both guys, you can get uh, DraftKings. That'd be good to have both Keith Mitchell and because Higo, Higo's not yeah. going to be that expensive. I haven't looked yet, uh, but I don't think, obviously, he's going to be that expensive to get, so that might be a good yep. uh, fit next guy to get. All right, time for our wild card. It could be anything on the board. What do you like this week, Trav? You know, Higo's 54th in the world. We're going to go all the way up to 333rd in the world. This kid's coming. His name is Vincent Whaley. Works with Scott Hamilton. Okay. okay. Uh, Vincent, also a Georgia Tech guy. So he's been in the area. Um, I like this wheelie kid. You know, he it's the second year on tour. I think he's got staying power. I think he's really starting to come on. Uh, the approach game has really started to look more on point. His putting looks good. I think he's a good driver. I think he's a better than average driver of the ball. It looks like his short game can get a little bit erratic at times, but all in all, pretty complete player here. And he makes a ton of cuts. He hasn't missed a cut since February 7th at waste yep. management. I mean, I'm talking a run 
of top 30s here for the young players. So he's clearly getting more comfortable. Now the field is not as strong. We're in the part of the country that he's played most of his golf. Let's just keep this train going. I like this. When I see a positive 5.4 approach in your last tournament with a positive 2.2 putty, I get excited for that. I'll I get excited. I'll, this, oh, yeah. is a perfect, this is a perfect spot for a guy like It this. is. He's very, very quiet, under the radar type of guy. He, he's, people ask me all the time, Coach, how do, you, to, how do you look at a player and get value before Vegas figures out who they are? This, is, this would be the poster child for that. That mm-hmm. Vegas doesn't know who he is, and they don't know how good he is. They don't know that he's been showing up. And that's where you get the value before he does start to show up and it just drops off a cliff and you can't get any value with him. So right now, plus 250, incredible value on Vincent oh, Whaley. I, I mean, the last, the last two, Higo and Whaley is exactly my thought. Let's, let's get some value. This is a great spot here. We got a big upside here, big ceiling for both of them. I wouldn't be, I'll, I'll probably sprinkle some on Whaley to win too. Well, it wouldn't be bad. All right. Uh, my wild card, I'm going right back to it. I'm going back to Tommy Fleetwood, top 10, and I'm getting it plus 225. I've learned my lesson. I don't want to take a flyer on a top 10. I want to take a flyer on a guy that I know when it comes to Sunday is not going to go backwards, that I know when I come to Sunday he's going to be able to stare the other guy in the eye and walk down that aisle and understand the value that he brings. So I'm talking about Tommy Fleetwood. And if you will, who are you calling? Who are you calling? Let me know when you're done because I can't listen. I can't listen to this. The sports book and said, hey, has coach showed up yet to cash those tickets? That's who you're talking to. I'm taking Tommy Fleetwood plus 225. The love affair with Tommy Fleetwood is is real, folks. It is real. First time I picked him all year. It's the first time I picked him all year. Maybe last year I picked him just a little bit. I do have one question before we get out of here. All right. Do you think, because I always, I'm sure I put more emphasis on this than you do. Uh, there will be any fatigue. I don't know how many players it is, but there was a U.S. Open qualifier Monday after the Memorial, and then players had to go and play this week some, and then some are getting ready for the U.S. Open next week. Do you think all of the scheduling and also the fact that you're going East Coast to West Coast for the U.S. Open, I thought they, they would have tried to find a course closer to San Diego, but I guess beggars can't be choosers. Your thoughts. Yeah, well, I think they had to scramble probably a little bit with, you know, with the Canadian Open because this was supposed to be up there again. And um, in Congaree, you, you get the feeling there's no shortage of money uh, coming out of this club. Billionaires everywhere. So it uh, it fit the bill. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe a little. I, I think maybe for some there could be a little bit of fatigue. But overall, I think that's a very small percent. Um, you know, this is what these this is what these guys do. You know, this is what they do. They travel around, they play golf and sure they can get a little bit of tired or they can get a little tired um, here and there. But I would, uh, I would, I would put that impact way down the list. Why do you think, because the U S open is widely known as, and we're going to have a full U S open preview in your feed later this week, So turn on those notifications, please. How much do you think because the U S open is always the hardest tournament to win mentally, physically, the whole nine yards. We know why the field this week is not that good. But for a guy like Dustin and Brooks to play instead of Skip, why do you think they're playing this week? And so many other of the top names said absolutely not. You know, we've talked about this before. I think some guys just like playing into it. Some don't. I I think it's a preference thing. I don't think they're going to get 
you know, they're, they're certainly not going to get the rough this week, it appears, right? So they're not going to get those kinds of shots. But, um, you know, I do think the U.S. Open is going to be, the ball's going to be bouncing. They're going to have to manage the ball bouncing on the ground a little bit. They're going to bake it out as much as they can. So I do think if, if the weather cooperates, they'll, they'll, you'll get that ball on the ground a little more than we normally uh, would see on the PGA Tour, which I love, by the way. I, I just, I love watching the ball bounce. I you know, as goofy as that sounds, I don't like it comes in, hits the fairway. I know. Hits the green. Like, yeah, give me a dose of that. But I like to see the ball hit. I like, I like to see the fairway shrink. Um, and, and I like to see shots in the green where you have to manage it, the trajectory and the spin. You got to clip it to spin. You got to clip it really, really cleanly to get rewarded. So they're going to get all that next week. Um, and they probably will get a little bit of it this week, but I think historically DJ does play into major championships. I think Brooks can be a little bit of a mixed bag. Who knows with Brooks right now, you know, what's motivating him and where his head's at and this and that. But, um, you know, all in all, I think it just depends on the person, you know, and whether do I want to play the week before or would I rather rest and prepare? I think most of the big names would rather rest and be out in San Diego right now preparing. Yeah, it's only about an hour from where I'm sitting right now. Okay. The weather is absolutely picture perfect today. Uh, and it looks that way for the next uh, week, 10 days, which will be phenomenal. Be awesome. Uh, a, a quick reminder, as I just said, we'll be doing a U.S. Open mega preview uh, in your feed Thursday and or Friday. Of course, follow us on social media at Travis Fulton, at uh, The Coach Rules, and our incredible partners at Sports uh, Pub Media on YouTube. Uh, turn on the subscription button, the notification button, all that kind of stuff. Instagram and Twitter. Let's grow this community. So many of you reached out to hey. tell us how much you like the show and how much you like the picks too. Promise yes, me one thing that you will not bring up Tommy Fleetwood in the preview show. You have my word that I will <laughs> not Thanks. say the name Tommy Fleetwood in the preview show. Hey, no my- guarantees. You won't hear Garrett Kago though. No guarantee. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for us for Samantha and Cody and everybody at sports pub media. He is Travis Fulton. I am the coach. Remember, If you're going to cash out every single week, why not cash out with the coaches? Good luck. Hey guys, what's good? This is the coach. You may know me from PGA Tour Live, the Golf Channel, or even ESPN. I wanted to interrupt this YouTube video real quick to tell you how to get the best and most entertaining golf betting content every single week, and it's all for free. It's called Cash Out with the Coaches. I've teamed up with legendary golf instructor Travis Fulton, and he's also a PGA Tour insider, to bring you the unscripted, unfiltered PGA Tour betting talk and analysis. All you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's new channel, and you'll get access to our Cash Out with the Coaches show before every single PGA Tour event. You can also play along with the coaches, too. We don't hold anything back on this free show. And all you have to do is subscribe to Sports Pub's channel with the button on the video. And you'll have access to every single show. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Can't wait to see you on the channel.